happy monday and welcome back to the second to last episode of the airport minute where each and every day we've been going over one minute of the greatest disaster movie ever made the 1970 universal pictures movie airport i'm one of your hosts jim o'kane of tvdads.com and i am host number two mark cerulli of covertops.tv and uh we're very excited to have two incredible guests uh with us for these final two episodes i should uh, hope so <laughs> this better be interesting. Uh, Will Schreiner, actor, director, and Gow poker instructor. And then, of course, the big kahuna, actor, pilot, my personal hero, Robert Hayes. Welcome both. Big kahuna. Once again, you're bringing up the porno stuff. My God, I don't get this. Uh, I'm just down the street from Vivid Video. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I know it well. Uh, <laughs> Well, I should, I should really not say that, should I? No, it's not. It's not true. But I thought I'd get a laugh. But what the hell? It tells well. <laughs> career, career, and yeah. a career ended before it began. So yeah. Wow. There are reason. There are things you keep to yourself, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, Bob, Bob, thanks so much for being on the show, and Will too. Uh, Bob, you are in the movie that we our podcast is most often confused with, and we have to explain to people: no, no, the the other movie with the other name. Yeah. They introduce me, you know, as uh, um, and Robert Hayes, star of Airport, and I said, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, the funny one. Yes. The yeah. funny one. Yeah. Well, you do a hell of a George Kennedy impression. That's where we, that. now we meant to be funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's my, yes, <laughs> my claim to fame. <laughs> I've made a career about doing that. I've got to ask, there's, a, there's kind of a range. We, um, uh, Fred Gwynn. Uh, played Herman Munster on the Munsters, and he hated, absolutely hated talking. Any discussion of the Munsters would be, he'd just like turn around and walk out. And uh, Tony Bennett uh, is kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum where he, he has to sing uh, I Left My Heart in San Francisco every <laughs> single day. And he says he he loves it. And I was just wondering, where do you fall on the on, on the Tony Bennett, Fred Gwynn spectrum? Well, of, of if, if you, if you, it's, it's kind of funny because if you tell me, if you start to say monsters, I get up and walk out. But I do love singing. I left my San Francisco, so so I don't know. I don't know where that puts me exactly. But I worked with Fred Gwynn on a TV movie, and what, he was great. And I don't remember actually. I didn't talk about that, but I did talk to him about on the waterfront, wow. and that's when he was very very young, uh, and and uh, he just said. He had he was raised by his I think he was raised by his mother and his aunt or his grandmother and his aunt, something like that. He didn't have a, a, a father figure around. So he had no idea about masculinity. So when they had to be a tough guy in that thing, he just pushed his lips together and just kind of emptied his brain and tried to look dumb. And that's why he has that look on his face. <laughs> he, he, thought, he thought that's what makes me look tough. Okay. Wow. Well, he was, he was a big guy. I've seen him. He oh, was like God. six, four or something. And oh no, he was six, five or six or something like that. Wow. He was really, Mark, Mark well, when in, you were... in a previous life, Mark actually took care of uh, Fred Gwynn's mother. He worked at a nursing home in uh, in New York, and Fred used to come in and. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Well, no, it was a great early yeah. job. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Gwynn, Mrs. Gwynn, is that a load in your pants? Yes. <laughs> 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 oh man. <laughs> or are you just happy to? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, you know, Bob has had the experience of working with some you know, iconic figures, John Gielgud and these other, you know, and you can't help but give these guys, you know, a little bit of static when you work with them. 
They like it, don't they, Bob? I I did a film with Sir John over in in London, and and we went to see um, Gandhi when it came out of the West Odeon um, Theater, the big big deal. It was a big opening of it, and a girl I had as my assistant on it, who is now a big personal manager out here, Melanie Green. Uh, she, Sir John, the director, Rob Cohen, and me, and we were sitting there, and I was sitting next to Sir John, and I turned to him. I said, you know, Johnny, you're pretty good. You ought to consider this as a career. And he <laughs> and he just oh, po, 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 po. Oh, and he always he would always no no he was always kind of laughing and he would yeah. always call me dear boy dear boy oh yes dear boy. People were coming in on the crew the grips they would walk in and they would they would say ah oh, good morning Johnny well, good morning Johnny <laughs> hello John hey good morning Johnny and I was always calling him Sir John. I mean here I'm the star of the film and. They said for one of your supporting actors, we're going to have either Sir Alec Guinness or Sir John Gilgood. And I thought, oh, Jesus. Wow. So I wind up, we wind up with, with Sir John, and I always called him Sir John. And I was thinking, you know, I'm the star of the damn movie. I should be able to call him John or Johnny. Right? <laughs> so I walked in one morning, and I said, well, good morning, John. <clears throat> Listen, Sir John, can I get you a cup of coffee? <laughs> I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. He was great. He was delightful. Wow. Yeah, those guys. I was once at a movie with Ned Beatty, and I couldn't help but twist his ear and go "wee." And, oh. you know, and, and he turned to me, and he was—he he, looked—he he was pissed at first, and then he laughed. <laughs> yeah, you got to think that he's been hearing that for thirty yeah. some odd years. Forty yeah. years. Forty years. Yeah. Forty years. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's, and um, that was improvised. I was reading about that scene. That was all improvised. Wow. Uh, well, and both of you guys have a pretty mouth. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. So, well, Will was confiding that in, in to me. You know, when he was asking me if I wanted to do this show, but I didn't think he was going to bring it up. I thought that was. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the incentive. <laughs> <laughs> We're sponsored, the back by, we're, we're sponsored by no one, so it's it's fine. We're not, we're not going to lose back our sponsors. That studio over in the valley again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's that guy in a suit leaving leaving a cease and desist letter? Cease and desist. <laughs> oh gosh, wow. Well, uh, we, we were originally talking about the movie Airport, so let me uh, let, let's get back to the yeah, yeah. The, Try to keep the focus. The, fi- the fi- <laughs> We're in we're in the final minutes of this movie. Everything everything's happened hey. that can possibly happen. Uh, except uh, apparently uh, Burt Lancaster is trying to get Gene Seberg to uh, turn her house into a Denny's uh, by uh, well at least that's the that, that at least what was implied by the scrambled eggs but we'll we'll see what what happens when they when they drive away in a melmobile. Well, you know, did you notice her? Her she had two different reactions at first when she first says, "I want to hear." Let's go back to your apartment. She looked a little pissed. And then yeah. he sweet talked his way out of it. Was said, "I heard so much about your eggs." I mean, there was a definitely a major, and Bob's the actor more than me. There was definitely a shift in her motivation there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just yeah. breakfast and okay, but yeah, it's. Uh... Well, the guy that absolutely. Well, it looked like you know. Scene. I mean, what was no, I was just going to say the guy that absolutely steals the scene is the uh, the workman coming over. I mean, yes. Oh yeah, so the much. orange pants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. you can't see it. But he hands her a condom. That's right. Yeah, yeah. off camera. Th- no, she's thinking it, but she's thinking, "You want to fertilize my eggs?" What? What are you saying? Yeah. 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 And I, that was very interesting timing. That guy coming in the 
in the background. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's just well, I, I, they're trying to underline this whole. As we've been watching this whole movie, we've been watching minute uh, by minute, minute by minute by minute, forever and ever. This is this is like imagine uh, director's commentary from hell. That's that's what our show is pretty much like. <laughs> so uh, we, we've been watching uh, Mel uh, Burt Lancaster's character uh, take on every single job. Every oh, I'll I'll tell you how to shovel snow. Oh, I'll tell you how to do this and that. And, and finally, he just says, I'll "Let somebody else do it. I got to go home and have some you know scrambled eggs, if you know what I'm saying." Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I want to touch her bagels. You're saying yeah. this was a big character shift for him, huh? Yeah. You know, the, I, I, watching the movie again, I noticed they must have smoked four cartons of cigarettes in this movie. Yes. And, and how many <laughs> wet I mean, cigars did uh, George I know Kennedy the cap, get the, Yeah, the captain's got a pipe, and George Kennedy's throwing his lit cigar out in the cockpit. It's, yeah, it's yeah. So that makes sense. The little baby, the one that they were coming yeah. off with, had a big wad of chewing tobacco in its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just funny to see how dated some of this stuff is. I, I love it. I mean, I love it. I just revisited it again. And, you know, who drives on a runway when he pulls away at the end of this scene? <laughs> Without looking. <laughs> yeah, stop. A, a, stinger, a stinger missile would have taken yeah. his car out today. <laughs> He's probably beeping the horn all the way through. Don't worry, he'll get out of the way. <laughs> his typical actor. He's waiting for everybody else to stop and get out of his way, and the plane can't and runs right over the car as it's taken off. Wow. Yeah. And th- yeah. that that terrible storm they've just been dealing with apparently has completely disappeared. It's a blue sky, and there's nothing. You know, and and all the runways are cleared. So uh, right. apparently, you know, it, this was just too, a tempest in a teapot. Yeah. Uh, and and dried off too. Yeah. They're all yeah. <laughs> you, wow. you know, snow is very difficult in continuity. I'm going to say that as a director. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, this one. This one. They were they were out there in the in the lovely Minnesota, Minneapolis, uh, waiting to shoot this for three weeks, and so they had you know Dean Martin and Burt Lancaster and all the others standing around throwing snowballs or not throwing snowballs, waiting for it to snow. They they picked the one winter that it wouldn't it wouldn't do it. It went, They had uh, 68 days of production for this movie, and most of it wow, was wow. sitting. So uh, yeah, uh, sitting sitting in the Holiday Inn. Yeah, Burt yeah. Lancaster and Dean Martin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go to the movie. I guess I went to the I mean, movies a lot. Having over. scrambled eggs and bagels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mr. Martin, would you mind singing something for my mother? <laughs> yeah. Well, you I think also... you ever heard that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Dean, get up and sing something. Right. Wow. <laughs> Come on, you're a singer, damn it. Get up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you also forget the engineer was Gary Collins. Yeah. Very understated yeah. sitting back there, my old home show buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he that was a Marianne Mobley's husband, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, nope. yeah. He, and and he, he did a lot of good acting behind uh, uh, people's elbows. Yeah, yeah, I remember. yeah. Turning and turning and smiling and looking. <laughs> yeah. His ear was. He could have gotten an Oscar for uh, best supporting uh, orifice, I guess. <laughs> Just. Yeah. Exactly. Well, uh, now, uh, Bob, your your movie. How long in produ- in production? You were only like thirty days, thirty five days. Had, we had we uh, had. Boy, the first one was, I think it was seven weeks. Wow. Seven weeks, three and a half million bucks in seven weeks. Wow. Wow, low what a budget. budget. Low budget quickie. And that, that's what's amazing about that era. A three and a half million dollar movie would get a, a full nat- national release. And today, yeah, but you it know, was considered a low budget. It was considered right, low. I remember uh, Tony Angelotti, a mutual friend of Will's and mine both, who was my publicist. Mm-hmm. Um, for 150,000 years, um, um, he went to the publicity department there at Paramount mm. and he said, well, we're ready to do publicity. 
And they said, yeah, yeah, thanks. And he said, no, listen, we were thinking maybe, you know, tonight's show or we're trying to get on. Yeah, 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 thanks. And he said, well, anytime you guys want, you know, just we're all ready. And, and they finally, it was like turning on him. You know, they said, look, you should just be happy we like you. <laughs> and he's like, what? And they said, our big film this year is Urban Cowboy. It just, in other words, go away, shut up, leave us alone. And they weren't doing anything until suddenly it started to explode. And then they... They started doing stuff. Oh, yeah, this very, movie. Very, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, it broke the record. Every theater that it played in that I know of all across the country, it broke the record and became the largest money-making comedy of all time for years and years, a long time. Wow. And, and you guys had awful times with uh, with test screenings, right? Because they, like, they were trying to explain the movie to executives and stuff who weren't understanding it, but the college kids were. It, it, well, they, it, they, when they were showing the... Uh, the dailies, um, a lot of times, you know, with films, um, the executives have to come in. You've got to go in, you sit in, you watch the dailies. Uh, they come up with excuses, you know, oh, I didn't brush my teeth yet. I'm sorry. You guys go ahead and watch the dailies. I got to brush my teeth. Something like that. And uh, for this one, for Airplane, they had to show the dailies over and sometimes four times to get everybody in because everybody wanted to see the dailies. Wow. Mm. They were just laughing so hard. And John Davison was our our line producer and a uh, great guy, but always just nervous and fidgeting about things. And he, he came in all nervous and kind of adjusting his glasses. And, and I said, what's the matter? He said, Oh, it's not good. It's not good. I said, what do you mean? He says, just, it's not good. I don't like it. I said, what's wrong? And he said, the dailies, they're too good. That's a bad sign. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then it came, well, what happened, I think maybe what you're talking about, I'm not sure if this is what you're talking about, but when they had test screenings of it, they would sit in the back, and Will, you probably know this. You might have talked to them, and you know this. But they would have a tape recorder, a little handheld tape recorder going, and they would stand in the back of the theater when they were showing it at the, the test screenings, and they would record the whole thing. And then they realized that they were laughing through jokes for the setup for the joke, and they didn't get the next joke. So they'd go back in, and they'd, they'd kind of you know add a little extra time in there so that the laugh could die down so they could hear the setup for the next joke. And then, you know, it was because then they'd, they'd have these dead spots where there's no laughing. But then they they would recut it, put in a little more time, and mm. then the people got it, and then there were more jokes. So that was one thing that they did that several times. They did that yeah. Well, well, that's a great luxury when you can actually have a real audience see something and see this could be tighter, this could be looser. And that's, you know, that's yeah. you guys were lucky that you got to do that a few times. Yeah. Were, the Zucker boy, were the Zucker brothers – um, there was, how did the three of these guys direct you guys? It was great. Um, uh, Jim Abrams and David Zucker were on, if we were on the soundstage, they were in a little, like a, a little, you know, the, those dressing cubicles that they roll on to the stage, you know, those little uh -huh. they were in there, one of those with a monitor set up and they had tape around the edge of the screen. You know, when you look through the viewfinder, Right. The lines in there show you what you're going to see, but you see all this area around it so they can see if something's coming in or or if they didn't quite get it. They want that in the shot and it's not in there and they right. want to readjust the shot. So they taped all that off. So all they saw was what they were going to see up on the final product, you know, on the screen. And then Jerry was out like the regular director out with us. And mm -hmm. when they when he would say cut and then they would all say good. Was that good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they would say uh, su such and such didn't get in the screen or 
you know, whatever. And we reshoot it. But it was it went so fast. I mean, it was great. There was one time that uh, they said, cut. It's good. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was great. And they all turned to me. And I'm just sitting there with a troubled look on my face. And this is my first feature film. So I didn't know, you know, you're supposed to shut up or, you know, what are you? <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I wanted to, you know, do things right. And they said, you OK? And I said, well. And they said, you want to do it again? And I thought, geez, do it again. That means more film. That's more time. That's more. Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> and they said, well, I mean, do you want to do it again? And I said, well, well, you know, and they said, well, let's go again. <laughs> Holy smokes. So we did it and they said, cut. Yeah, you were right, Bob. That was better. And I thought, oh, this is this is fun. This is gonna work. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> I, I think that, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real luxury. I did a Roger Corman movie once and I did finish the take and I said, I think I could do it better. And the guy said, Do it better the first time. We're moving on. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I've had those directors too. Yeah. yeah. Ouch. Wow. Yeah, were, were you doing this while Angie was being in production while while it was still going on? I mean, were you having to jump between uh yeah. studios? Yeah, I did it. Um we started filming during the um, the hiatus between the two seasons of Angie, and it was the five weeks of it, and then the last two weeks Angie came back. So um, I'd go into work on Angie at nine in the morning. We have a table read. We get up, take a break, you know, a forty-five minute break or whatever. Put it up on its feet and start blocking it, and then they'd say, "Okay, that's uh, you know, we got an hour for lunch." And I literally, as soon as I saw they were about to say that, I started running for the door. And someone, and no exaggeration, somebody had a sandwich ready in a baggie. They'd throw it to me. I'd catch it like a football. And I'd grab that, jump in the car. We'd drive over to the other side of the lot at Paramount. I'd eat my sandwich and get into wardrobe, and we'd start shooting. And then uh, we'd get, you know, as much as we could get done. And then they said... Uh, the call would come through and they say, okay, we need Bob back. And they said, okay. And hang up. We'd keep shooting <laughs> another call. We need Bob back. And I said, okay, be right there. Hang up. We keep shooting. And they just kept going until finally they were screaming, God damn it. Get back on the set. Said, okay. And then I'd leave and I'd go back <laughs> over there. We'd work some more on that. Then I'd go back over and shoot more on airplane. Then I finally get home late at night, absolutely drained. And then I would fall asleep and then get up the next morning and do the same thing. And I did it for two weeks. And that was probably, I think that was maybe the most exhausted I've ever been doing, uh, um, you know, in, in this business. And, uh, uh, and then I started complaining to, uh, Sharon Spellman played my sister in Angie. And I said, Oh my God, I don't know if I can handle this. I mean, God, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Don't complain to me, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but wow. but that was that was, and that I think we were shooting the bar and right. the dance sequence and all that yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, that was a, you did the rest at Culver City, right? Wasn't it the other the other location yeah. where the the Culver City Studios that looks like Tara out front? Yeah. That's where we started, and uh, and then we uh, I think that was just yeah there in Paramount. Wow. Where, yeah. where, where was your uh, from here to eternity scene? Where were you shooting that? That was that was out Carbon Beach. I think Looked it like was, Zuma. Yeah, Zuma I, Beach. Yeah, I think it was. You know where? Um, um, oh, uh, Sekas, uh, Leo Carrillo. On the oh, north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, 
there on the north side of it. I think that's where we were with that 10,000-gallon portable tank that was like a tarp with the mm. frame put up in the corners, and then they dropped the flap, and they pumped all the water up out of the ocean, dropped the flap when, you know, when the wave was washing back over us, and it came down like the force of, my God, it came down, and it hit us on the face. It went, you know, it, it, it distorts your face, your eyelids, everything, so it pushes your eyelids down, your eyelids fill with sand. Mm. It got into every orifice. Wow. And we're back at that studio again. We got into every single orifice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of and orifice. How did, how did Gary Collins go? <laughs> how did the old timers react? Like Robert Stack and Lua, oh, man, uh, the best. Bob Stack was he was I think the first one they had in mind with Kramer when they when they first. Um, you know how it started. They, what they would do when they did Kentucky Fried Theater, and they were over on Pico. Yeah. And they would set their VCR because it was tape back then. And uh, they'd set the VCR to go all night and and record all these old late night movies so they could look at the commercials. And then they would use those commercials and, you know, spoof those in their mm -hmm. uh, theater deal. And they came across this and they started to zip through it. And they said, wait a second. And they were watching it. and They said, this is pretty funny. And so they wrote the spoof on it. And then they... Uh, when they finally were going to do it, they said, um, how does this look? I think it was their lawyer or agent or something. They said, what do you think? This is kind of loosely based on zero hour. I mean, are we going to be okay with the rights? And he looked at it and said, I think you better get the rights. <laughs> so, so they got the rights from Paramount, and then they realized, wow. or they got the rights from whoever it was that had that. And then they realized, uh-oh, this is only half of the rights. And they went everywhere trying to figure it out, and then it, winds up they finally discovered that it was right there at paramount they had paramount had the other half of the rights oh wow so buried they didn't realize it yeah and, so and this was and zero hour was yet another arthur haley film i mean he also wrote the, the background for airport so this is all just in the, right. all in the family and right. flight in, flight yeah flight into danger too yeah yeah wrote, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean was, was this was this was this leslie nielsen's first really funny role well, Leslie Nielsen did, you know, he was always, he was uh, Marion the Swamp Fox. I remember when I was a little kid yeah, and yeah. he played, he played, you know, those guys, uh, heroic sort of guys like that. And then he played the bad guys and, uh, you know, the rich rancher in, in uh, Gunsmoke or Bonanza or whatever it was right, and right. stuff like that. But he also did some light comedy stuff, but it was that fluffy light comedy stuff. He'd never done anything insane like this and he he said that he, he always wanted to to uh he'd always wanted to go into that world of just pure nuts but he never <laughs> had the guts to do it but the boys opened the door oh man and then and then they gently pushed him in and then, and he says he'll always thank him for that because yeah, they're the ones was, that really oh, kind of gave so him perfect and then and then he did all the naked gun stuff yeah. which yeah, and, well, and it, it, it's funny when you when you sit with audiences and watch older Leslie Nielsen movies, like when we another disaster movie, The Poseidon Adventure. He's the captain of the yeah, Poseidon, right. and when people see him on screen now, they laugh, expecting, right. "Oh, this is another Leslie Nielsen huh. comedy." Well, in that movie, he closes a sliding glass door right before the tidal wave hits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always found that humorous. <laughs> I know it does. It it has ruined a lot of things for a lot of people. I know. <laughs> 
in a fun way. I'm very proud to say. <laughs> yeah, but in a, in, a, in a great way, it gave him a whole new different career that you oh, know, ran right. for so many years. I mean, that sure, you know, yeah. and, and Bridges I, I got, too. I, I, he was uh, yeah, Lloyd Bridges yeah. did a bunch too. Uh, now, Lloyd, I, I, I read yeah. I, I read yeah. somewhere that that Lloyd Bridges, the original role was originally try, they were trying to cast uh, George Kennedy, but he was like in the middle of all the airport movies. And he's like, I'm not going to kill that well, golden goose. Or, he wanted to. They wanted him to play the um um the Sarge. I think this was, I don't know if this was in the first one. Did we have a character like that? But it was in the second one. They wanted him to play Sarge. And he said, I can't do it because I'm so proud of my work in the airport. And they were so good to me. And I don't want to do anything to mess that up. And so that's when they got uh, Chuck Connors for that. And that was in the mm. second one, I think. Wasn't it? Second one, yeah. Yeah. But um, so I know, I'm not sure about the first one. The one thing about the first one was that their original choice for Murdoch, the co-pilot, was Pete Rose. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was yeah. it was baseball season, so they couldn't. Yeah, they said, yeah, they couldn't we're going to be filming this right when they're in the playoffs, so that won't work. And then it wound up being great that Kareem. You know, the guy and how was he? How was he? Was he a lot of fun? Kareem, Kareem is not what you call a barrel of laughs. Kareem is, <laughs> is very quiet. Very diplomatic. Yeah. <laughs> he's Well, he's very quiet, and he's very thoughtful, and... He's very shy and he's very um, – I remember talking with him one day and um, all these people, you know, there they, they they was Kareem. He came in and was like, wow. I thought, well, gee, I guess I, I should be able to go over and say hello. And I walked up to him and there was a belt buckle staring me right in the face. I, I was, you know, just under 6'2", and there's this belt buckle in my face. <laughs> I thought, holy shit. And I look way up there and there he is. And uh, later on, I was talking with him, and he said that that height, it always bothered him so much. He was so self-conscious about it. And that when he was when he was young, they would say, hey, how's the weather up there? Things like that. And it just he just ripped him up inside. He hated that. He's a real sensitive type. He's he I think since then it loosened him up, which it's probably hard to see that sometimes. But yeah. yeah, it did, you know. Yeah. But Do you know what his reaction was to the film? I mean, was he laughing? Uh, well, he tells stories about it now, about how, you know, what airplane has done for him. And, uh, you know, if he gets on a plane and the, the jokes he'll hear. And, I, and he kind of jokes about it. And so he really, I mean, if you've seen him before and then you've seen him now, he really has loosened up quite a bit, and that's kind of hard to, to tell sometimes. But it, but he really has. But I liked him a lot. I just thought he was a he was a really great guy. Just very soft spoken and very uh, thoughtful and very philosophical about things. And you know, it's kind of neat. But uh, but Bob Stack was uh, Bob. I had done a thing called America's Most Wanted, which is a TV series that he was doing. And and I was a guest star. I was like the bad guy. Kid had gone twisted, and and my folks came to visit on the set and airplane. And I introduced him, and he was so great. And he said, "Well, the way I look at it is that Bob starred on my series, and now I'm starring in his co-starring in his film. Oh, I'm a guest. He was a guest on my series. Now I'm a guest on his film." And I thought, oh, man, wow. he was just that nice of a guy. He was that great of a guy. Well, there was that whole exchange between him and Lloyd Nolan, apparently. Lloyd Nolan goes, I don't, I don't get it. What's no, the Lloyd joke? Bridges, Lloyd, 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 Lloyd Bridges, I'm sorry. And, and, and uh, Robert Stack said, we're the joke. 
Well, <laughs> I, we were we were rehearsing in one of those rooms, a rehearsal room, um, you know, where it's just the hardwood floor and it's got mirrors on one side with the dance bar. They had tape down on the floor, so you'd have an idea of where the console was in the tower and another little area where uh, Julie and I'd be sitting in the cockpit. And we were running lines, and Lloyd was really just, you could tell, there was just something really bugging him. I recognized it, really easily recognized it, <laughs> having been in that same position myself, being very confused about what the hell am I supposed to be doing here? And it was really frustrating. It was really, he was just wrestling with it. And he says, what are we, what, what are we supposed to be doing here? I mean, what, what are we doing? And, and Bob <laughs> Stack said, said, finally, he says, oh, come on, Lloyd. They just want us to be us. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he got it. He really kind of, you know, and then he sort of thought, well, yeah, yeah. And then he started thinking about that. And the next thing you know, he really got into it. Then he really got it. Oh, and man. The, the scene just, where he said, this is the wrong week to give up sniffing glue. I mean, the up and down, yeah, it was brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he really, he really took to it. He really got into it and he really figured it out. But the thing was, what, what a lot of people don't understand and they try to, uh, you know, they tell me, oh boy, I got, I got another airplane for you. And you think, oh man. You know this is going to be horrible. Well, you know, that's the kiss of death when anybody says that. Oh, yeah. And another guy told me, came up to me and said, oh, man, I got to do this thing about this old ancient Roman warriors or whatever. He says, it's just like airplane. And I, I still haven't seen it, but I just I just know it's going to be one of those things that you think, oh, my God, you're just in agony sitting through it. Yeah. Because they play so hard and they're trying to be funny. Well, and that yeah, was what the made thing about these yeah, guys? What, they said, "Be straight, just be yeah. yourself straight." Yeah, that's what made it work so well. Is everybody was just on on track, you know, without playing it for laughs. And that's right. What was what, the secret to that? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's let's pick up this conversation tomorrow on our final episode as we look at the last well, not even a minute. We're going to look at the last forty seconds of, of airport as just a little more than. Wait a minute uh, is some, is this the is this you mean the one with the crawl? The one with yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> oh my god, we, we I, finally, I can see that over and over and over. We, we, the typos. Yeah, we finally find out what the uh, MPAA rated it. It's it's you know it's just waiting out there for us. But uh, but we'll we'll pick this up to, uh, on tomorrow's final show uh, episode. Episode 137. Yay! So, yay! Mark's going to go do cartwheels car. in his front yard. Well, <laughs> free at last. Right, but... I've got to go shopping tomorrow. Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> well, if, yeah. you, if you could try to try to come back, we'll be we'll be here for uh, for this for those everybody listening on social media. If you want to comment while we're still open, uh, check us out on Twitter, Airport Minute, uh, Facebook, Airport Minute, and the Airport Minute Commanders Club. Join us at the great big site, uh, AirportMinute.com, where you can get all kinds of cool swag like uh, the these nuts are stale guys coffee mug and all that jazz. So uh, that <laughs> that's out there. That's out there on the ever popular AirportMinute.com. So uh, come back here tomorrow, Tuesday, and we'll talk uh, some more about uh, Airport and that other movie that Bob was in. So, and, and, and Stale Nuts. And Stale Nuts. Yeah. That's and, then, and after Always tomorrow, have... try to find me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. We'll be with us here tomorrow on the Airport Minute. Until then, good yeah. day. Bye. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling. Mm-hmm.